What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my friend and personal, Tyler Durden, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. Mmm, that's me. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, mm. but, you know, that's not really our style. Nah. So, we'll try to keep this PG-13. Mild uh, language. And just a touch of artistic nudity. Yeah, like a, like a nipple, but from the just side. Just one side nipple. With, like, a nice contrast. Just, and it yeah. makes sense in the scene. Yeah, that's my side <laughs> boob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Oh, look at that. Oh, I get the metaphor now. Uh-huh. Yes. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, and it can be ruined, mm. pause this episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Pantheon nomination number six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Number seven, Fight Club. Fight Club. Nominated by Nathan Plantinga, guest voter Keegan Goodman. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Mr. Mac, what is Pantheon? Now, Pantheon <clears throat> is the best of the best movies. It's sort of a, you got to see these. They are the top special shelf movies, yep. like where I keep my malort. Yes. Because, you know, you want to keep that on a special place. These are movies that have gone through a grueling process of selection. They're not just the favorite ones you have with fond childhood memories. These are movies that hit in a lot of different categories. For example, acting, directing, script writing, score, cinematography, special effects. They are the best of their genre. And we have added in this conversation not just those things, but also a, a an X factor. An X factor. Like it, it has something special something about special. it. Special. Yeah. So like, so there's some movies where you, you you're like, okay. This has really a lot of good things, but there's just something missing. Or this has almost all the good things, but that X Factor is wow. Wow. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a pretty good movie, but the X Factor blows it over the so, top. Yes. So let's do a quick rundown. Our, our preview, the, the, the movie, we'll start beginning. We'll, we'll end with the, the one that we did. So All right. Beginning uh, of the year, we started off with Psycho. Which, uh, the by original the way, Psycho. Uh, the Pantheon, if you're interested in how this works, it has 11 votes and it needs a two-thirds majority. So seven, at least seven, seven saying yes. Saying yes, and you're like, who are, who's voting? Well, there is a council of people on Adventures in Video. Is there eight of them? Nine of them? There's nine no, of there's them. there's nine of them. Uh, it's Brad and his friends and some of his enemies, okay. all, all on this uh, council. You know what they say, keep your friends close and your enemies on your council. That's right. And then there's two more votes with that... Uh, that one of them is a guest voter, right. so that like to pick a random so Joe they, off the know, street, so they can pee in the pool a little right. bit, a little bit. And then there's a Facebook poll, which Wait, which so the way this counts on Facebook votes. Yep, and you vote either yes, no, haven't watched it or need to watch, but the yes and the no get tallied up, and it, the yes has to be more than the no. Oh, okay, and then that's one and vote that for counts yes. Is one vote, which those nine plus the guest plus the other one, you get eleven votes, and you need seven of eleven to make. AV's Pantheon. So I think traditionally the, face, the Facebook vote to poll tends to, sl- to to lean towards yes yep. in general. Yep. But the council members, uh, are, 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 they have to do a 500-word write-up. Yep. It's not just they get to vote yes or no. They've got to explain why they're voting yes or no. So out of those 11 votes, 
Yeah. The very first movie nominated this year was Psycho, the original Psycho. Yeah. Uh, and um, It got in with 8 of 11. 8 of 11, that's right. What, what else do we have this year? So, and then we went with our black and white theme for the year yeah, for whatever reason. Psycho, right? We went to The Apartment, a 1960 movie. It did not make it in. <gasps> no, is it close? 3 of 11. Oh, well, just miss it. Just missed it. Then... We had Won't You Be My Neighbor. That not is fully black and white, but Tom it had Hanks, a couple of black and white scenes. It had old clips. Not the Tom Hanks uh, movie that came out but the documentary. the same time, but a documentary. This is our first documentary and for Pantheon. It got 9 of 11. It's, yep. It is in Pantheon right now. And then uh, then then we had Schindler's List. I hadn't which, heard of this, actually. Yeah, this no, it, a was a, it was a sleeper hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so this one... Full across the board, eleven of eleven. Oh, that doesn't happen that often. Doesn't but it ha- certainly happen with Schindler's List. And then, and then uh, we uh, had a, a martial arts movie, Seven Samurai. So uh, another black and white movie. So we've got five movies in a row right there Basically that black have and white. some black and white. Or all for yeah. all one. That did that one make it in? Eight of eleven. Eight of eleven. Bing! And then the last movie that we looked at was Chef <gasps> by John Favreau. And it has John Favreau in it. He's my yeah. Favreau actor. He is. And did that make it in? No, he had one of 11. I think one they, they missed 11. it by just that Rachel much. wanted us to watch it. And everyone liked the movie. It but was fun. But they said, this this is great, but it has to be more than great to be That's Pantheon. Right. It certainly did not have the X Factor. But it yeah. was. It, it, I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. No, I enjoyed it. it we just had a lot of fun. It just wasn't Pantheon. All right. So tonight, uh, since we're talking oh, wait, about... hold on. Yeah. Real quick. You and I almost never actually get a vote in this. And no. that's one of the reasons why we do the Pantheon Companion yes. series. Because we're kind of... We're talking about our opinions. And listeners can feel free to disagree with us. They can join yeah. the discussion on the Facebook group and tell them what a bunch of idiots we, they think we are. Yeah. Only That's fine. Only if we get chosen as guest voters. Which Occasionally. Happened, which happened this year. Yes. Where we were both for one of them. I said no to Seven Samurai. Yeah. Let's be honest. I, you know, full disclosure. Yeah, and I said no to The Apartment. Yeah. So there so, you go. Um, so, Every now and then they let us nominate a movie. Yeah. But not yet. All right. So then, uh, t- since we're talking about Fight Club... Yeah, Fight Club! I wanted to start with Fight a little Club. foreplay on the discussion Ooh, okay. to, to, to say um, fighting. Yeah. Okay, so this movie has people who say things like... So it's, it's, it starts with... A, well, it doesn't start with, but it, it has a moment where somebody says, Punch me as hard as you can. Yeah, hit me. Yeah, hit me. Uh, and then there was something special about f- fighting that released... Whatever it was, the aggression, the, the frustration in the in the movie, and it brought and them closer together. Brought them closer together. So, you, what is your history with fighting? Well, you know, uh, as a very young child, uh, real little, uh, six, seven, eight, something like that, I took boxing lessons with my brother. It's not specifically fighting, but you are definitely getting hit. Yeah, uh, I was the punching bag for the most part. I was younger than him, smaller than him. And I only got put in the ring when they needed somebody to let someone else practice hit. Yes. So my job was block and move, and that was it. But uh, when my mom remarried and I moved to a new town, after the honeymoon phase of a few weeks, of course, the, the kids, the, and, and the bully so kids. So you said your mom got remarried. Remarried when I was and 13. just for the sake of reference, at this time, was your hair still red? Oh, it was bright red. So you were indeed... The red-headed stepchild. Okay, oh, I just want to clarify Hold for on. the listeners. Hold on, red-headed... <laughs> Stepchild preacher's kid. Yeah. Hello. Were you also Irish? I'm very, very, very <laughs> yeah, Irish. Yeah. Okay. Redheaded <laughs> stepchild preacher's kid. Irish. Irish. <laughs> so, 
So after the initial honeymoon phase, There's then apologies to anyone who's Irish who takes that. Not to the that, preacher's no, kids. I, I don't. We're talking about myself. Yeah, yeah, not to the preacher's kids. Yeah. You anyway, can handle it. so the bullies started picking on me, and I had four fights <laughs> within about three weeks. Yeah. And win or lose, uh, and I won some, and I lost some. Uh, win or lose, those guys ended up being my best friends. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think. With kids especially, I don't know why this is, but you go through something, and I don't know, I don't know if if you hurt each other, and then you decide, okay, we're not, we're just, it's easier to be friends than enemies. I don't know, or if maybe you just kind of get it out of the way. Maybe it's stupid testosterone. I was thirteen, yeah. so you know, I don't know. They were thirteen, uh, but that's that. But then as an adult, uh, I've only been in two aggressive incidents, uh, but but started training martial arts uh, with my family. And so the only fighting that I've done in 20 years has been uh, on a mat. Yeah. Uh, of different martial arts styles. Yeah. And so, and for me, like, fighting has not been a part of my life. That I, I took, like, kar- like karate when I was a kid for, like, s- six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped out. I did wrestling for, like, five. You I did trained, train. like, taekwondo with me for I longer got than up, that. I got up to an orange belt. You did? With you. The, uh, so, um, but when I was a kid, like, my best friend there was one time the older neighbor boys uh i was mad at my friend and the older neighbor boys like convinced us like we needed to fight each other Mm. and i i i I punched my friend i was like nine or ten i was like and then i hit him and then i ran away because i was so sad and upset because this was my best friend and i don't like fighting and i don't want to punch anybody yeah so that was it and then in high school i need uh, one of my friends who sort of friends acquaintance friends who was grabbing me he was taller bigger than me and he was grabbing me by the scruff uh, mm-hmm. by the shoulders and mm-hmm. like so, because he could manhandling you and uh and I, and I just I just need him right in the balls well just ring that bell <laughs> ding dong and uh he didn't mess with me ever again ever again not a single one nobody ever yeah. fought with me or attempted to fight with me for the rest of the time in that little town that I grew up in, and in fact, after I went off to college, my now wife, a girlfriend at the time, was a year behind me, and my friends who were still there, yeah, seniors and juniors in high school, would fight on her behalf if anybody would sure. mess with her, bother her, or anything like that. So, yeah, so it, was, it was a good, it was a good uh, bond. But there is thing. some like it's weird, but there's something about fighting that like it makes a it like it's cathartic and makes a connection, but it also is and can be unhealthy uh, at the same time. So, of course. Yeah. Of uh, course. I don't condone fighting. I'm yeah. just talking about my experience. But that kind of like sets the tone for this movie. Sure. Cathartic. Yeah. Bonding. Bonding. But also unhealthy. Yep. Yeah. So we're looking at Fight Club tonight, and let's run down some uh, a synopsis of the movie facts sure. here. This is rated R. It's kind of a dark comedy drama directed by David Lyncher, who's done a bunch of other things. We'll chat a little bit about some that good, later. Some not so good. Yeah. Mostly good. Alien 3, nah, 7, yeah. The Game, like Zodiac, yeah. Social Network. Uh, screenplay by Jim Ools, this, and he did Jumper in 2008, produced mm. by Art Linson, Sam Chaffin, Ross Grayson Bell. Music 
if you can call it that, uh, by the Dust Brothers. It's more it of an like, arrangement. Not yeah, a, it's not more original. arrangement, ambient uh, musical yeah. musical background. Cinematography by Jeff Cronworth. Fight Club was his first big film. Mm. Edited by James Haygood. In theaters September 9, 1999. In Venice, October 15, 1999. Wide in the United States. With a runtime. I happened to see it on my birthday in November that year. Did you? So, yeah. Did you? Uh, runtime, 139 minutes, two hours, 19 uh, minutes. Uh, it was a little longer than I remembered mm-hmm. from when I watched it way back. Mm-hmm. Um, studio, Fox 2000 Pictures, Regency Enterprise, Linson Films, distributed by 20th Century Fox, with stars in there like Edward Norton, Brad Pitt, Helen and Bottom, Carner, Meatloaf, a day, Jared Leto, and Zach Grenier. So I added him as well. He is uh, he was the boss uh, for Ed Norton. Yeah, his yeah. boss before he... Yeah. Uh, why don't you read me down the Google synopsis? Sure, Google says, uh, a synopsis of Fight Club. A depressed man, played by Edward Norton, suffering from insomnia, meets a strange soap salesman named Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt, and soon finds himself living in a squalid house. That would be Tyler Durden's squalid house. After his perfect apartment is destroyed... The two board men form an underground club with strict rules and fight other men who are fed up with their mundane lives. Their perfect partnership phrase, when Marla, played by Helen, Helena Bar- Bonham Carter, a fellow support group crasher, attracts Tyler's attention. I think that kind of grabs the uh, tone of That's that. the gist of it, without talking about any of the underlying intentions of the players, yeah. just kind of a... yeah. I told you earlier today when we were chatting on Facebook Messenger, I was saying the Rachel Platten uh, fight song in my head, but I was calling it, This is my fight club. (laughs) Take back my life club. Prove I'm all right club. (laughs) Which I think is very apropos for the movie right Mm -hmm. there. Um, Okay. Ratings. IMDb has it at 8.8 out of 10. Metacritics gave it a 66. 35 reviews, 23 positive, 10 mixed, 2 negative, a 9.0 user rating. Higher user rating than, Medi- than the critics right. gave it. Rotten Tomato has it at 79% fresh for the critics, but 96 for the audience score. Again, the disparity between critic mm-hmm. and user. And the, in Google, uh, you can see the user rating is higher. 92% uh, listed as they liked it. So we will see the disparity of critic to user as we look through these next comments, I hit. We'll start off with Ebert review. Sure. Two out of four stars, so it's like not a really great movie for him. Mm-hmm. Fight Club is the most frankly and cheerfully fascist big star movie since Death Wish, <laughs> a celebration of violence in which the heroes write themselves a license to drink, smoke, screw, and beat one another up. Sometimes, for variety, they beat themselves up. It's macho porn, the sex movie Hollywood has been wait has been moving toward for years, which in which eroticism between the sexes is replaced by all guy locker room fights women who have had a lifetime of practice at dealing with little boy posturing will instinctively see through it men may get off on the testosterone rush the fact that it is very well made and has a great first act certainly clouds the issue fight club itself does not advocate Durden's philosophy it's a warning against it certainly however a lot more people will leave this movie and get in fights than we'll be discussing Tyler Durden's moral philosophy (laughs) 
All right, Rotten Tomato. Woo! There's more to be yeah, said. Yeah, there's but we'll more. Leave it there. He clearly did not like it, and he no. didn't like it for really one specific reason: yeah. the what Macho we would now porn. call toxic toxic masculinity. masculinity. But in 1999 and early yeah. 2000, that wasn't a thing. But that is what he's talking about. All right, uh, we've got a, a sampling of critics yeah. from Rotten Tomatoes. Let's talk about uh, Bob Thomas from the Associated Press. Perhaps it is postmodern filmmaking, whatever that means. In any case, Fight Club remains the ugliest, most inhuman film since Natural Born Killers. I did Rotten Fresh, Rotten Fresh for these, so why don't you take sure. a fresh one next sure. year? Sure. David Anson from Newsweek rated it as fresh. An outrageous mixture of brilliant technique, Purell philosophizing, sorry, the first word. Purile. Purile. I know, I said it wrong and then it messed me up. I know, there, there's a lot of big words Purell in this one. philosophizing, trenchant. trenchant satire, and sensory overload. Fight Club is the most incendiary movie to come out of Hollywood in a long time. It's a mess, but one worth fighting about. This David Anson likes his language. He does. He's a word. He's a word. Uh, he's a, what's the word? A, a word magician. Yeah, a word, a, a word magician. A word magician. <laughs> uh, Peter Rainier. Uh, from New York Magazine has it at Rotten Fight Club rolls out its most uh, rolls out its indictments and its zen cones but what it really resembles perhaps unknowingly is the squall of a whiny and essentially white male generation that feels ruined by the privileges of women and a booming economy mm. similar in vain to Roger Ebert mm. Carrie Rickey uh, Philadelphia Inquirer has it as, as fresh um, a blistering. I chose this one because it was a female critic. I know, and she likes it. Even Says though fresh. Male, the male critics yeah. are saying the females will hate it. Yeah, which uh, on our own Facebook page there was the comments. Yeah, blistering, hallucinatory, often brilliant. The film by David Fincher is a combination punch of social satire and sociopathology. Just real quick, my wife, by the way. Uh, likes this movie. Oh, very nice. Uh, she likes both of the actors. She likes the storyline. She likes the twist. So yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't, she's yeah. not turned off by the toxic masculinity. Yeah. She thinks it's just guys being stupid. And I asked my wife about it and she watched, we watched it in 99 and yeah. she, she said, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was about fighting and stuff. Right. Like it didn't, right, didn't, right. didn't resonate with her. So, so interesting, right? So like it's not about, it's not necessarily about male, female or any gender. It's, it's. Perhaps an individual. My know? wife had not watched it prior, so yeah. we we watched it together. I think it was my second viewing late last week. Yeah, and uh, that that afterwards, I asked her what she thought because I had read a lot of the reviews talking about how yeah, yeah women may or may not really. And she was like, "No, I liked it. I yeah. was in, I was entertained." So Metacritic. Uh, this is just a couple more critics sure. I pulled from Metacritic. Great. Bob Graham, San Francisco Chronicle, has it. We get the high mark, one hundred. This is Metacritic gives it a hundred. Bob yes. didn't give it 100. Right, Metacritic right. rates this as 100. Delivers a sucker punch to the audience and then pulls the rug out from under them. It's sensational. It's also grimly funny. And, and Kenneth Turan from Los Angeles Times. Metacritic rates this as a 30. What's most troubling about this witless mishmash of whiny, infantile, philosophizing, and bone-crunching violence is the increasing realization that it actually thinks it's saying something of significance. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Get to the hospital. That's a bad bird. That's a bird. Uh, I think you hit the tree, Jim. 
Let's look to the hoi polloi of the Metacritic uh, reviews. It's a golf reference. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, uh, of the 1,713 positive, Woo! there was it was matched by 64 mixed and 59 negative. I think the, the numbers we said before were from Chef and not from this one uh, on the previous page. In oh, any case... Okay. Not that not that anybody's paying that close attention to those to what? numbers. What are we talking what about? What are we talking about? Who, who shot who and the whatnot? Uh, co-productions. Uh, I think you, you hit the you, tree, Jim. Uh, why don't you take that one? Oh, okay. Co-op, co-op Productions gave it a 10. This cult classic is on my top 10 list due to its original and creative plot and directing styles. The movie is quite shocking and brutal. But what is most shocking are the negative reviews on it. I've overviewed lots of these bad reviews, and all they talk about is how much violence is in it, and judge little to nothing on the story and or film quality. Another hoi polloi, TTW107, also gives it a 10. 66 for the critics' average WTF. What does that mean again? I don't know. We think freely. Freely. Uh, this is easily one of my top five movies of all times. I'm currently 20 years old, and I bet I've seen this movie over 50 times. That's a lot of times. Get a job, you hippie! <laughs> you need to go to work! <laughs> yes, it's that good. If you haven't seen this, you aren't American. <laughs> I'm sorry I said that while you were drinking. No, that's that's it from his quote. Whiskey almost shut out my nose, folks. Yes, it's that good. If you haven't seen this, you aren't American. Okay. Okay, that... <laughs> Well, Oblique Oblique 15 disagrees wholeheartedly. Yes. One, I don't care if the point of this movie is deep. It's still a movie with guys just running around doing pointless crap. This is Dumb and Dumber, the serious version. Is that the last one we have? uh, Let me look. Is there Uh, any more? um, Oh, it's not the last one. There's one more. There is one more. Just in case you felt bad about this, there is one more hoi polloi critic review from the Metacritic. You know who it is? It's Spangle! Spangle gives it a nine. Yay. He says, and this is Spangle's word. Oh, yeah. Damn, is this one ever unique. First off, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are phenomenal here, especially Norton, who really makes for an appealing lead in spite of all his clear issues. While the things in this film are certainly not to be something worshipped or highly thought of, the film takes these wrong and evil acts and truly makes a beautiful film out of it. On the surface, it's about two men who make a club where they just beat the crap out of one another, but it's really about so much more than that, and it's cool to see them use that fight club as a cover for what the film is truly about. David Fincher's version for this one is a great one, and he directs this film brilliantly. In addition, the set pieces are perfect for the film and all look incredibly well done and appropriate for the film. Overall, Fight Club lived up to the hype for me, hooking me in from the very beginning and never letting go until the film was over. Thank you, Spangle. Spangle. Spangle, please let us know who you are, Spangle, if you ever listen to this. And if you didn't say this already, Spangle gave it a nine. A nine? Nine out of ten. A nine of ten. Nine out of ten. Spangle really likes this movie. Yes. On a a scale of five, that'd be a 4.5. On a scale of five, that'd still be a nine. Wait. What? No. Wait, no. No. Oh, 4.5. In other words, Spangle, uh, uh, on my uh, yeah. on my Pantheon scale, Spangle would say yes. He he would be 
he would be right at the point where he would have to make a decision yes, if no. 4.5 is either a yes or a no. Yeah, sure. Which the X factor would then push it up. You'd think so. Or down. Because, like, it's a line. That's a fence line. If I ever get to nominate a movie, I'm asking Spangle to be my guest voter. <laughs> <laughs> I said that when you were drinking. God bless America. You're out your nose. All right. So, a bunch of people from our, uh, a bunch of people from the, the Adventures Video Land Facebook. Yeah, our uh, Facebook community. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to take these. Uh, so, we'll start off with Vincent Suarez. He has an interesting accent. Yes, it, that it, it is deep south. Very deep. He, Vince, Vincent Suarez. Okay. He says, yes, but don't talk about it. I don't think he does the, uh. Sounds good, but Vince, I would just say, Vince, you know... Vincent, we have never spoken. I'm not sure that's your accent, but I, I'm trying to capture it. Andrew Brandon Carroll yep. says, also with Vincent's deep southern ac- uh-huh. accent, yes, but no details will be discussed. At all. At all. Adam Cromachow? Yeah. You know, Adam, I apologize for mispronouncing your name. I bet that's never happened in your whole life. Yeah. But uh, I will go with Cromachow. Cromachow? Cromachow? I'm going with it. This is an excerpt from Adam's uh, uh, Adam's comment. Yes, but it does feature Fincher experimenting with visual effects shots that aren't necessarily the most glamorous, but the themes and the storytelling and the characters around it make up for all that. And he wrote a huge, like, full... Yeah, like, almost like, a 500-word dealio. Almost a 500-word yeah. dealio, yeah. Uh, Scott Forbes, uh-huh. uh, he's, uh, I think he's high British. Is he? Yeah, like, uh, you do the high British oh, show I, of Scott I, Forbes I, I, so I, well. I've actually heard Scott Forbes yeah. speak before. <laughs> yeah. and I should admit that it's been a few years since I last saw it, and I've only seen it once. My memory is that the performances were great, but the story was merely good. I like the film, but not enough to ever want to watch it again. Although I'm sure there are exceptions, my idea of a Pantheon film is one which I'd want to watch time and time again, or at least more than once. Was that... was that... Was that David Attenborough or was that Scott I Forbes? Scott. I think David Attenborough sounds... actually stole. Does he copy Scott's he voice? Is. David it Attenborough really does. would copy Scott Forbes. Robert Lane, who would never deign to have an accent. No. No. He's a normal everyday Has guy. Has no accent a at all. regular Midwesterner. Not, not a single accent to be, be seen. on the evening news and, and sound yeah. like normal. And he, So this is an excerpt from him. He says the this movie is in... My top five, top three nominated, based off of one of my favorite books, it's going to be a yes. He was explaining why he voted yes without having watched it on the poll to Kyle Brown. Got it. Who was snarky with him. Oh, yeah. I know. Kyle. Kyle, right? Kyle. Take Kyle, it down Kyle. a notch. Like, like Take, it down there, Kyle. Take it down 10% there, <laughs> Kyle. Squirrely, Squirrely Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Joshua McLaughlin. 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 He has this... You've heard you've heard him speak before. He has this like thick British, uh, I'm Scottish? Sorry, Scottish brogue. It's like Fight Club is brilliantly constructed narrative of anti-consumerism, men's predilection to violence, and a caution against lack of treatment for those who have mental impairments. If nothing else, viewers get the added bonus of seeing Jared Leto get the stuffing beat out of him, which I think all the AV people will like. Oh, Mr. McLaughlin. 
That's right. There can be only one. There can be only one. Joel White. Can we speak uh, just for a second? Of Highlander? Of Highlander. And why isn't it not in Pamp? Why is it not in Pantheon Well, because yet? I don't think it should be. Oh! <gasps> uh, Heresy! In, in, con- in concept, yes. In practice. No, but like, uh, so we got two people. We've got Sean Connery plays a guy who's the Spaniard, and the other guy plays somebody who's from Scotland. Right. The guy from Scotland has a French accent. Yeah. And the guy from Spain has a Scottish accent. Well, I don't understand the problem. He here. sounds like Josh McLaughlin. I don't understand the problem here. Yes. I don't get it. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, the dude who screams there can be only one and has the big gravelly accent is supposed to be from Latin America. Also, I take back a comment I made previously on oh. one of these companion things uh-huh. about Beastmaster. I watched it again <gasps> recently. And? I it, I liked it. Okay. I, I, I must have like, I was high on it. Like way back uh-huh. when, and then I watched it again. I was low on mm-hmm. it, but then I watched it again. I was like, Ah, no, I like this. I like this. Yeah, one. no, that was fun. They made a series. It wasn't very yeah. good, but the movie, fantastic. Oh, we've got to keep going in the oh, comments because we've got one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, like Lord. a whole oh, bunch. I mean, we don't have a to lot of people. Up. Joel White. My initial reaction is no, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. I just remember feeling like it was way overhyped, while not bad. Wasn't this masterpiece other people see? However, I also know that most people likely in a pretty small... I'm most likely in a pretty small minority that think that. Zach Appleseed. Captain! No! Zach Appleseed says no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It was just a bunch of no's. I thought it was somewhat interesting when I was in college, but now I just look at it as nihilistic garbage. And then garbage, I, garbage. <laughs> then I asked him. I, I asked him more about this. Uh, like asking him about like because he's he, he he fancies himself as an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, like it's right. on uh, it's a, in the libertarian side of, uh, yeah, of way, college. Way, way far over there, yeah, right. Uh, but the uh, and said like is, is this movie projected on that and, and like we had a nice conversation you can check the av page yeah on yeah it. it's on there so it's all he's there. got some nice good comments thread. on there jimmy sanders uh jimmy sanders uh our, our resident frenchman he is resident frenchman uh, take it yep. away yes uh, since you uh, uh he's, jimmy he's, sandales <laughs> jimmy sandales he says Bonsoir. Oh, bonsoir. Finally, oh, after oh. years of saying it should be nominated. Oh, he's <laughs> he's French German. He's a given easy. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> he is from the Alsace Lorraine region. Yeah, you know Germany did have control of that yeah. area for a while. Uh, Scott Heard Liska says this is going to be an easy one. He doesn't say what. He's a man of mystery. He doesn't say which way he's going to go. He may have been talking about making meatballs for dinner. I'm not sure. I don't know. All right. And then we've got two new people. Who? Hold on. You do the first one. I'll do the second one. All right. We've got Troy Colt, who is one of the manliest and... Open that beer. Yeah. I dropped it on the floor first. I have to say, he doesn't know me well, and I don't think we've ever really spoken, but I'm going to say Troy Colt. Is one of the manliest men I have ever seen in my life. Really? He looks like a cross between a lumberjack and a Jedi. Which would be right, like, just like you. He probably looks a lot like you. Yeah, if if I... Were a lumberjack Jedi. Were a lumberjack Jedi. Like, 
If you yeah. looked anything like a lumberjack and or a Jedi, you two would look identical. I'm not into dudes, okay? No. Well, I, like, I have wait, to qualify on, except that. for one. I, well, I mean, Luke Cage. Besides yeah, Luke Cage. Okay, well, well, yeah, no, Luke yeah. Cage aside. He's, he is a very attractive uh, man. Obviously, he is the exception, but you're not but, into dudes. But, uh, but, but I, I would say the... Uh, Troy... He's a man's man. Man's man. And, like, and, and on, like, a, on a scale of zero to Luke Cage. Yeah, well, he's like higher up there. He's <gasps> higher than the brawny man. Ooh. Not quite up to Luke Cage. Though. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. What about like Mr. Clean? Oh. The new one or the old one? Oh, wow. Because, like you know, the new old. one is very sexy. The yeah. old one has 1950s values. Well, true. Yeah. But, you know, Mr. He, Clean. He, he would never do it for the sake of America. Yeah, right. Anyway, anyway Troy what Colt's does Troy Colt's very say? manly man. We've spent ten minutes talking about Troy Colt's oh, manliness. Yeah. He said, I enjoyed this movie and I have seen it more than once. It never really gave me as strong of feelings as I've seen it do for others, I know. So yes, I like this film and may watch it again, but I'm thinking a non-vote for me, a no-vote. Yeah, well, here's what's cool. Did he actually say a non-vote, like I abstain I don't want to pick a side. Or did he say, like, no, was like he the French no? Or was he typing with his excessively manly fingers? And big, just thick fingers. And just and got an extra. Too many extra yeah. characters. You know what? I'm going to go with manly fingers. All right. Uh, Naomi Na- Ray. Yeah, she was speaking to me. She was directly. And, uh, she and let, me, let me speak to you as her. Yes. Yeah. Dad. Okay. I dated a guy named Robert Paulson. She is so fe- she, she she's very feminine. She she is. She's beautiful and I love her. I, I really like her a lot. Funny. She's funny and kind. Very pretty and kind. Nice. Yep. She's got a cool haircut. She uh, of the hair that she has not shaved down to I nothing. Haven't, I haven't seen her in a while. Like which by the way, I find that attractive when they me? just take a patch oh, of her. hair and they shave it oh, down. Oh, shaving. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no. Up on their head. Oh, yeah. No, but I miss uh, I miss seeing her. She's, I miss seeing her. Uh, yeah. No. Anyway, she we, says she's she over says, at people's uh, you, people's brewing. People's we should, brewing. We, we should go there. there. Yeah. She says, "Doug, I dated a guy named Robert Paulson. Get this. His dad's name was also Robert Paulson." Neither of them had bitch tits. I love Fight Club. All of this is true. His dad's name was also Robert Paulson. Smiley face, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. That is beautiful right there. (laughs) That's Naomi in a nutshell. Oh, wow. That was good. Naomi, we miss you. Yeah. Uh, We hope that this part of the conversation didn't scare people away. Cheers. All right. There we go. Uh, but make you want to stay. Weird that my aluminum can sounded like that. Mm. Let's talk about receipts. How did Fight Club do? And let's do some comparisons. Yeah, Fight Club. And, and by the way, I, I noticed when I was doing the math that I had misspoken a couple times where oh. I said 5 million of BSI oh. was the Fight Club standard. It's, when I redid the math, 7.8. It's $5 a ticket, oh, 7.3 yeah. million, 7 million. So the standard is, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll just keep that for a no, mental yeah. note. Yeah. Fight Club's, the Fight Club's gold standard is 7 million BSI. Yeah. But anyway, so, we'll get yeah. to BSI. The Fight Club standard, 7 million. Got it. Anyway, but that's BSI. Let's Fight get through Fight Club, it. October 15, 1999. Uh, domestic gross, 37 million. Not that big. No. Nope. It's kind of following after seven, which did pretty well. Uh, so domestic gross thirty seven million, production budget of sixty three million. So domestically it lost money. However, worldwide it made one hundred and four, and this is not counting in DVD, DVD rentals, and, which and is where this movie went 
just ballistic. Ballistic. And it's still making money on streaming. Yeah. Here's the other thing. $63 million in production was because of the level of CGI that he incorporated. Yeah. If he had done this movie with more practical effects, his budget could have been half that. Yeah. But it would have been a completely still, different movie. And still would have been lower. It still would have been lower on the on the end yeah. of, of the BSI. The BSI is we take domestic uh, gross... We divide it out by the average ticket price of that year. So for 1999, it was $5.08. And we're just looking at domestic. How many butts and seats in America were there? And the BSI for this is $7.3 million. Yeah. So 7.3 million people went to see it in theaters in 99. If you think about it, the movies advertised, the, you know, the marketing happens, the movie posters. How many people did they inspire to go see it in the theater? It's just a watermark yeah. of the time. And these numbers for ticket prices are average ticket prices across America year, that we got from places. Box Office Mojo. Yeah, it Mojo. might have been 350 when I went, yeah. but that was in my small town. So. Box Office Mojo is where, where, if you want to look up the numbers. Gotcha. So we got some comparisons. I got four sure. David Fincher movies and then one movie with uh, Edward Norton. In, uh, in it. So why don't you take seven? All right. So it's seven. Came out September 22nd, 1995, just about four years prior. Uh, 127 minutes, just over two hours. Domestic gross was $100 million. Worldwide, 327, uh, 327 million, a little over that. Big pro- worldwide. Big worldwide. Production budget was $33 million. Uh, so big financial success just in the theaters. Average ticket price, $4.35 that year. Which gives it a BSI of twenty three million domestically. Yeah, th- so a little over three times yeah. more. Triple. Uh, but than, I wonder what the long term income has been from Seven. I yeah. bet you it's not as popular. <clears throat> so uh, another film from David Fincher, two thousand fourteen, Gone Girl, domestic gross one hundred sixty seven point seven million with a worldwide about double that three hundred sixty nine point three million production budget of sixty one million so it's a financial success average ticket price eight dollars and seventeen cents in two thousand fourteen which puts it at our trademark BSI of twenty point five million so a little less than seven this is a Ben, Af- still, ben Affleck movie yeah yep 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 so I, the, I'll be honest I haven't seen this one because oh, okay. when it came out. I just didn't have enough emotional reserve, and I read about the movie that it was dark. It's it, it it's not a happy ending. So though. like I just, I I never got around to watching. It. I watched it by I'm accident. Pretty, I'm sure once. it's great. No, I watched it by accident <clears throat> once. It wasn't a bad movie. It was it was a pretty good movie, but I'm not gonna watch it again it's, because I'm too invested. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> the Social Network. It's kind of like Dear Zachary the movie. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Social Network, which is a movie I've seen several times, uh, came out October first, two thousand ten. Uh, Two-hour movie, 120 minutes. Of course, another David Fincher movie. Domestic gross, 96.9 million globally. Uh, worldwide, 224.9, almost 225 million. Its production bonus was a uh, budget was 40 million. Uh, average ticket price in 2010 was $7.89, which gives it a BSI of 12.3 million. Which is still five million more. Yeah, more than, than, more than Fight 50, Club. Yeah, more than fifty percent higher than Fight Club. So it made a lot more money, but when you do the BSI calculations, you can see that it it was not as successful in terms of bringing people in. Yeah. As Seven or Gone Girl, even. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, and then we have a Brad Pitt movie, which is a. It, it's no, not a Fincher movie, but it's a, a Tony Fay movie. movie. Not a Brad Pitt. Uh, Edward Norton. Movie. Norton movie. Sorry, yeah. uh, Edward Norton movie. Also a dark movie. Yeah. Uh, American History X came out in October 30, 1998. Domestic gross of $6.7 million. Mm. Worldwide, 
$5.8 million, production bu budget of $20 million. So it made some money back, not a lot. Average ticket price in ninety-eight four $4.69. So at our BSI, 1.4 million people went to see it in the theaters. About 20%. Uh, which, not that many. Yeah, about 20% of the Fight Club standard. Yeah, yep, yep. So... So, uh, yeah, so those are the receipts right there. Uh, while we're chatting, before we get into our deep dig, yeah. uh, that we, at this point, uh, often have something on the table from Christmas. one of the council members that oh, has the, the dropped nominee, off. The nominator. The nominator has dropped something off for us. Okay. Which uh, we have. we Where is it? It's like a gift or a present. Oh, it's in this brown. Oh. Amazon bag oh, right here. Oh, a plain brown brown wrapper. The uh, so, what do we call these? Blah blah bribes. Bribes, definitely bribes. So, yeah. What do we have in here, Mister Miggity Man? I feel I know what it is. Here, it is soap. Is it Fight Club soap? It's Fight Club soap. Oh, this one actually says no. This one doesn't say Fight Club. It does not say Fight Club, but it does say. Gay bar gay soap. Bar. It's not, is it gay bar soap or gay bar soap? Like, uh, would you use it at a gay bar? I believe I would I would call this gay bar soap. So it's the same pink and the same lettering. Raised letters. The same size as the soap that they make in there. There is a, there's something on the back that, oh, it's just ingredients. But what. It, what's, what's the ingredient? Is it, is it labeled what's in it? That's weird. So it uh, it gives a warning. The product is designed for the use in the shower or bath. Keep out of reach of children. Avoid contact with eyes. So don't put this in your eyes. Ingredients: sodium well, how do palmate, I wash my eyes? sodium palm, chamomile, aqua glycerin, parfum, sodium chloride. That's uh, parfum. Nobody, so nobody knows that's it not. It doesn't a word. have liposuction fat in no, here. It doesn't. No. What I will say. Ooh, it has red number forty and thirty three. What, what I will say is the, uh, so uh, a, f a fun thing about this where the, the product is labeled gay bar soap. Yeah. That this movie that we're talking about uh, widely, uh, and you can see that uh, even in Ebert's comment yeah. where he talks about this is macho porn. And many yes. of the people have talked about the uh, homo, homoerotic undertones of the film because you got these Absolutely. shirtless males who are rubbing around on each other. No shirt, no um, shoes, baby. Which, uh, and we can talk about this a little bit more in the deep dig, uh, but in talking about um, guys trying to find ways to connect with each other mm -hmm. and not necessarily knowing how to do do this without the hypersexualized. Uh, way that re all relationships must be sexual right, right, uh, right. in the culture that David Fincher is talking mm -hmm. about in the in the in the movie that that guys uh, can't just have a normal relationship right but it has to be some sort of weird other thing it's, it's either a dominant sub subservient yeah. relationship or it's a sexual relationship or it's a power instead relationship instead of just a nice platonic relationship equals equals uh, that it, that it's either enemies or lovers that's it. Like those are your options in this toxic world that they're in. A fun fact about the movie is that people have said this is like macho BS. Right. But the author of the book, Chuck uh, Palachunik, uh, I think. Mm -hmm. let, let's mm -hmm. see. 
Polanowick. Yeah, there it is. Polanowick. Chuck Polanowick is himself a gay man. Openly, as a matter Openly, of fact. Openly, yeah. yeah. That and wrote this as a response to uh, an he, experience. He was out camping and then got beat up by some guys and then went into work and they nobody asked him why he got beat up. And he was like, hey, if you get beat up enough, nobody asks questions. <laughs> and that was kind of like the, like, okay, what if what if there was somebody People who... People did this on purpose. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Nathan, for Thank the you. gift. I appreciate the gay bar soap. Yes. I'm going to say that it's gay bar soap. And I'm going to say it's soap specifically for gay bars. For gay bars. Like if they have a shower. Either way it works. Or just hand soap in a nice uh, in a nice dish or something. You know what? I may put this uh, in my bathroom and, uh, you know, see if my wife thinks I'm dropping a hint. We'll yes. see. She would be like, oh, you're hanging around with Doug a lot. She might say you've been at Brad's and, house, and I will say you know what? I stole what? it from Brad's house. I only have eyes for Luke Cage. Okay, yeah, so, that's yeah. right. Uh, all right, let's do our deep dig uh, on the on the all nomination right. itself. Now, now that we're forty five minutes into this conversation, <laughs> all right. So this is Nathan Planiga's uh, nomination. That uh, he said, Fight Club effing blew me away. We're I don't keeping this PG thing. No, he wrote the full f. Dash, 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 code gras of swear words. Uh, partially, I suppose, because it wasn't at all what I was expecting, perhaps. It was because I was because of the restructured marketing campaign I mentioned before. I can remember that all I knew about Fight Club was that it was really about guys fighting at Brad Pitt, looking effing ripped in the advertisements. That's really it. Uh, and he, again... He said the full uh, F word right there. It really seemed like the film glorifying meat-headed macho machismo attitudes that I really could not ever abide. It wasn't, as it turns out, anything like that. In fact, it was a film about men supporting one another, about men expressing their private feelings and desires, about disillusionment with life generally, the empty consumer emptiness of consumerism, the dangers of self-repression. It was kind of everything I needed at the time, which uh, high 90s, Boom, oh. right there. Uh, which, high 90s is when, like, late 90s gave birth to Creed. Yeah. And Nickelback. So, yeah. you know, like, uh, it makes sense. <laughs> so, he said, I've been wanting to nominate Fight Club for a very long time. Seems like every year I tell Brad I'm going to put it up, and every year I change my mind at the last minute. It just couldn't put it off any longer. This easily is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it fires on all cylinders. Which is a phrase he borrowed from us, by hey, the way. We said that all the time. You are welcome, sir. Yeah. I think everything about I think everything about it is just about perfect. I think it has a great shot at making Pantheon. It's a film that speaks to me. And I think it actually resonates strongly with a lot of people about my age. Because, and he quotes, We have no great war. No great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'll all be millionaires or movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact, and we're very, very pissed off. I want to commend you, by the way, for mimicking the cadence of Brad Pitt in that reading. You did a good job. I, I, I knew taught Brad everything I know. I know you were picturing yourself as Brad Pitt delivering that speech. I was picturing myself teaching Brad Pitt how to give that speech. <laughs> and you did a good job. 
All right, so let's talk about uniquenesses and challenges of the film. As a Pantheon nomination, how is this film unique? Well, one thing about this film that I find uh, unique is how it just unabashedly uh, puts mental illness and and the the struggles that people have with their 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 current condition. It just puts it right front and center. It doesn't. It, it doesn't turn away from it in any, you know, kind of uh, uh, bashful way. It just lays it out there. And although you find out later in the movie, of course, that a little bit of mental illness is the underlying core of the storyline, it's that's it's not the important part of the storyline. It's just something that drives it forward. All the guys that come in uh, that become a part of the the, the army. Um, they all have something broken in them. Some of them in big ways, like Meatloaf's character. Some of them in smaller ways, like just the young disillusioned guys. Don't have a job. I don't have anything to do. Um, but everybody has something, and they all find like a, a unified way to deal with what they're dealing with. Now, I'm not saying it's the healthiest way they found. It's just a story, after all. But uh, it's a story that puts that brokenness up front. And I, I've met so many people that are broken in my life in all different ways. And they all seem to have some commonality, uh, you know, behind the way their, mm -hmm. their life has yeah. evolved. And this film just says, yeah, that's the that's first and foremost. There's other themes in the film, but that's a big one. And I don't know that we've had a lot of movies in Pantheon that talk about that. And I would add, like, yeah, the, so... The movie has some cool things in terms of like is social commentary and sure. like other movies have done that. This movie, and it, we would be remiss to not talk about it, does the twist so great. Like it does it. Other movies have obviously other movies have had twists before, but the way this movie did its twist of having two characters playing really the same like they were of the same character the whole time but you yeah. didn't know that until right. the end and the reveal is something special you know to me i saw when i first saw the movie i remember very clearly uh i was with two of my friends uh, uh from from college we'd all graduated but we all went to see the movie together we were hanging out actually you know what it was pre-bachelor party pre-partying we went to see this movie that's what it was and I saw early on when uh, when uh, uh, he's traveling through the airport, Tyler Durden's character, Brad Pitt's character, sort of flickers and appears on a on a moving sidewalk going the opposite way in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught it, and I remember thinking to myself, like, was that a glit? Like, that what was, was weird. going on there? That was yeah. weird. And, the, and then I forgot about it. Yeah. And then a little later, there was something else where he was there and then not there, and then he's in the seat next to him, and I thought to myself. He's either imagining this person or this movie has some kind of like magic or we're going to be looking at time travel. Yeah. Remember, I hadn't seen the movie yet. Right? I was watching it at the moment. And so I caught that early piece. And so at the end, when you get the big twist, yeah, I go, oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I had got the inkling of it early on. And I think that was that was yeah. the director's decision. Yeah, he was putting little, little seeds little, in there. Little, yeah. yeah, dropping little uh, and mind you, I have to throw out, you're like a freaking movie savant detective no you do shut up you totally are you're like no yeah no bruce willis was dead that was like oh at the beginning God. like you're watching six Sense, and immediately you're no he's dead i turned to my wife and said that and she was like 
No, no, no. He's a psychiatrist. He, yeah. At the end of the movie, she elbowed me and said, "Don't ever do it again." Yeah. No. So like, you're a bright guy, and when it comes to movies, you well, figure out. Well, he was out, shot by I, Donnie. I know, but like the rest, Wahlberg. This is how you look at movies. <laughs> Dope. The rest of the world doesn't follows the story. Always, follows the story where you're like, nope, it's a. It's, I'm, I'm going to figure this thing out. I was just about to swear. I didn't figure it out. Yeah. I just saw the little blips and clips yeah. that he had stuck in there. And I know a lot of people will say they didn't see those things all the second time, the third time, or that they read a review. No, you and saw went, it right what? away. Yeah. I saw it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. In any case, this movie does a twist well. It does a really good twist. Just and like fact, Sixth Sense you mentioned the does Sixth a Sense, twist well. It's almost a similar twist, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you realize that the story you're seeing. I just watched another movie with a similar twist, and it's called Archive. It's relatively new. I think it either okay. came out this year or last year. It's about a guy developing a, 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 a robot AI to host his uh, recently died, recently passed away's wife's consciousness to try to reconnect with her before he loses her forever. Yeah. And it has a really awesome twist that uh, at the end, which is, again, a, it's like a similar kind of a yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah, I love those kind of movies because I love how they set up the twist whether I see it ahead of time or not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's good. It's a good twist. So, those are the uniquenesses. Of, those are some of the uniquenesses of the film. That There's other things that we can chat about. There's some, one quick challenge I think it's important is... But I, I was going to say next, what are the challenges? There it is. The, the treatment of females in this movie. I, I, I wouldn't say that they are explicitly treated badly. Like, I, don't, I can't think of, of a female being There's abused. Helena Bonham Carter... She she is taking advantage of, of of we'll say Tyler Durden. She's taking advantage of the guys, yeah, and they're taking advantage of her, and it's mutual. And it did not start that way. It built up to that over time. Everybody was there and knew what what the score was, but she's just a she's she's just a booty call. Yeah, like in terms of like female roles in the film, you've got Helen and Bottom Carter, right. and then you've got the cancer lady. Mm-hmm. Major roles. It's that's a two. I feel. I yeah. feel like that's it. There's, right there's, there, there's, right? There's the occasional like receptionist, but even most of them are male. Yeah. At the airport or the hotel it's, where it's they talk to somebody, it's a almost all guys. Completely male yeah. movie. Yep. And Helen and Bottom Carter, you there know, there's no some... other like positive. Just healthy females anywhere no, no, in the no, film. I don't. Rec- I don't recall a healthy female role in the film, but I don't recall a healthy male film role no, in the film either. No, just a lot of them, uh, except for maybe the counselor or at the testicular cancer place. You could argue that his his he's boss, probably broken. Somewhere. You could argue that his his boss, boss was probably a normal guy, yeah. just having to deal with an, an employee who was yeah. fighting, going over the edge. But anyway, Helena Bottom Carter's uh, character was not just broken, but broken, and then she broke herself. Yeah. And uh, interesting little piece, I just want to mention this, uh, that when they were making the movie in the book, or I'm sorry, in the movie there's a line where she comes downstairs after sleeping with Tyler Durden for the night and says, uh, I haven't been, uh, we'll say banged, I haven't been banged like that since I was in elementary school. Yeah, she says that while laying in bed. Yeah. Oh, I haven't. That's what it was. I haven't been banged like that since grade school. And we'll say banged, but that's not what she said. Yeah. But in the book, that's not what she said. She says, I wish I I had your, I want to have your abortion. I want to have your abortion. Yeah. And the movie studio said, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, you can't say that abortion line. He's like, all right, we'll rewrite it. But here's the deal. 
I'll rewrite it and we'll shoot more than one version. But you gotta keep But you have to keep what I decide to keep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I haven't been banged like that since grade school. Oh my wife's eyes got huge at that line. Uh, so other uni- uh, other challenges of the film that like that to mention. Well, one, there's the how to make bombs and blow crust. Okay, blow yeah. Up. So there's violence. Like some people might be might not get past the violence. Burning buildings is fun. There's there's also um, if you are not a fan of the droll narration. Yeah. That happens in the movie. It yeah. happens through the whole movie. Almost monotone. And you're gonna hate it. Almost monotone. And he goes off on a fairly long soliloquies of of, of single-serving yeah. uh, everything. Single-serving friends, yeah. single-serving wives. And if you don't like, it, like, if that doesn't do, if that turns you off, the whole movie is going to get shut off. Yeah, you. yeah. Another thing about the movie is that, um, like, the there's some stylistic elements about the darkness and muddiness of the film, but uh, that are, like have a noir cool f- feel that they're going for mm-hmm. but there's sometimes where it's like i don't even know what i'm seeing here because right. it's so dark and so muddy right. uh so some of the cinematography the film the editing uh, that people might have issues with like meh the the graphics are very 90s so yeah like and, and a lot of but it was from it was from the late 90s a so a lot if of you don't like have it, problems with the cgi and they they're well, you know, you, you, if you if you look at the time and the other movies with good CGI that were out, there was good CGI available yeah. that he did not use. Yeah. But his budget may have been much. But this much has larger. more like Daredevil with Ben Affleck level CGI uh, to it. Yeah. So I mean, so so there's some of those things in there, and then and there were things that were CGI that didn't need to be. And there's some people who would just say like, "This is nihilistic garbage," like Zach yeah. Appleseed said. Right. Well, and you know, the message of the movie to someone. Who sees it as that is just the message of the nihilism that's going on and the yeah. yeah. So uh, any particular insights you had while watching the film? You know the one the first time I watched the film was actually something you asked me about that we talked about earlier was the fights I had as a kid and how those guys became some of my best friends. My brother, my older brother, I'm gonna open up a beer here with my keychain. You should do that. Is that the uh, palm tree? Beer? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. It's, I love that. I have that from the June Palms mm. people right there. So I wanted to get a bush. Rich, I wanted to get bush beer. Because they have bush beer in the movie. Yeah. But uh, I'm drinking the Purple Haze from Abita Brewing from last time from I Chef. I was going to bring bush beer. Yeah. But, uh, but what I found instead was... Natterdays. Four warm Natterdays in my garage. The breakfast of beers. The breakfast of beers. Cheers. So Chink. We're going to... We're gonna yeah. suck that down. We also have some lovely uh, cheap Irish whiskey yeah, that we're enjoying. And if patties. you haven't had a patties, oh, and you know you what haven't we had haven't done in a long time here in mm, the companion mm. is talk about the mound of drugs we have on the center you know, of the we table. Agreed yeah. The first rule of the mound of drugs yeah. was we don't talk about the mound of drugs. Listen, well, the mound it, of drugs today is brought to you by yeah. who's our host today? Xanax. Xanax. <laughs> Xanax. If you haven't chopped up a Xanax today, chop one up. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. In honor Some of insights. Of yeah. Insights. My older brother, who is famously my uh, lifelong uh, harasser. That's the yes. wrong word. My He's the bane of my existence. Nemesis. I love him. Thorn. But in my, your side. Gosh, he made my life a living hell. Friend he of me. told me as a very young man that if you get in fights after we move to the new town, if you get in fights, that's all right. Those will be your best friends. 
he was spot on. Yeah, he was right. He was right. I don't know why. I don't know why. And in watching this film, uh, that did connect with me. The other one, the other insight I mentioned earlier, uh, is the uh, the insanity. It's not insanity, but the the mental issues uh, and challenges that some of these characters are facing reminds me a bit of what we watch with the main character in Joker. And uh, when I was rewatching the movie yesterday, yesterday or day day before yesterday, uh, uh, I was at the cabin and I was watching it. And uh, the line from Joker where he says, the funny thing about being mentally ill is that everybody expects you to act like you're not. Yeah. And this movie puts that front and center. Like, yeah. everybody expects you to be normal, even though they know you're yeah. busted. So, I, I find it fun that you mentioned Joker. I watched this movie just today. So, the, I watched this movie three times for this. Uh, like, one was just a, a cold reviewing. Sure. And then I watched one with the commentaries on. So, I listened mm-hmm. to, like, uh, Brad Pitt. and All the little uh, side notes. It, actually, I kind of flipped back and forth between Chuck... Pelinak and David Fincher and then Brad Pitt to listen to the different ones. And then I watched it today with my son, who is 18. I asked him, have you seen this before? He said no. And he surprisingly, to me, surprisingly, did not know anything about the film. Didn't know anything about the twist. It's not so his we culture. Watched it's it. not his time frame. We watched it. He knew the line, like the first rule of Fight Club. First rule of Fight yeah. Club. Yeah. So we watched it. This was all new to him. Yeah. And it, like throughout the movie, he's like, oh, those two guys, like they're fighting each other. Like they don't like each other. Like he was talking like they're two separate people. Right. And then we get to the scene where the guy with the halo head thing, who's a bartender, mm-hmm. who's talking to Edward Norton. And he says, like, and Edward Norton says, who do you think I am? And then Brian looked at me like this is like four fifths of the way through right, the movie. Right, right, And then like, who do you think I am? And he looked at me with the, he, he was eyes wide to use yeah, the phrase you coined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, he's Tyler Durden. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did the mind blown pecan <laughs> show. Like, thing. Yeah. I was like, it was so, it was, it was so fulfilling to watch him. I see dead people. I know. It was so fulfilling. Like, I couldn't stop smiling that he, that the twist blew his mind. Yeah. And then he, the first thing he said was, why don't people like this movie? Because people had talked crap about the movie. Talked crap about it. And then, the next thing he said after he was processing, oh, they had the same suitcase. He said this, he said that, he said this. Then he said, I think this is a better Joker movie than the Joker. Boom. Because he's like, Tyler Durden is the Joker. Mm. And he's a better Joker. Like, he's a more... Like, to his mind, he makes more sense as the Joker than what, jo- than than what Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix did in in Joker. Sure. Although, to be fair... No, I mean, I like Joker. I, I liked that really movie. Like Joker, I liked that yeah. movie. I watched but it again like, yesterday. I watched, Fight Club. I watched Fight Club and I was like, oh, yeah. No, this is like a joke. This is... This could be the Joker, the Joker origin story. Yeah, they could have done something like that for the Joker. Of course, it was already done, Fight Club, but yeah. I mean, they could have done something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, But Fight, Fight Club could be the Joker origin movie. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, breakdown. Let's go through standout moments in the categories. We mentioned acting and casting. 
So, I mean, obviously the casting was done just, I think, spot on. I, I think very few of the characters could have been... I think Jared Leto's, Jared Leto's casting was a throwaway. Literally anybody could have done yeah, what Jared Leto did. Yeah, and they build him as, like, a major character. I know. And then, one, like, his That's lines his, are like, would you like a beer? Yeah, and he drops them all the yeah. freaking time. But that's the character. But I mean, as far as his acting's concerned, it was nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And here's the deal. I didn't realize that was Jared Leto's character getting beat up until, I don't know, one of my more recent viewings when I was like, well, no wonder for the long time I didn't even know he was even in it. Because he gets beat beyond recognition uh, and then off to the hospital. He's the blonde guy. He's Angel Face. Angel Face. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. what about uh, just acting in general? How so do you feel? I, I think acting top notch. Yeah. The the like, I think they casted it well. I was looking at like, it could have been Russell Crowe and Matt Damon. I could like no no like that those were in the those were people who were in the running. I for I this film. Heard, I don't know if you saw. I I tried to find it before I came here. I think that I remember someone saying that Matt Damon and. and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were considered for the two characters, but uh, but just didn't have the yeah that kind of relationship uh, to yeah. You needed somebody who contrasted with someone like Edward Norton so much, yeah. and the who Brad was like Pitt pure character. sex, yes, to like that pure if, not. If he wore black, a sex panther, yeah, you would still like him. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're like it works a hundred percent of the time. Hundred percent on you, sixty percent of the time. Except on Brad Pitt, it's a hundred percent of the time. hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you stink bad. I still want you. I, and I'll say this for casting: when I watched it after several viewings, I started really to appreciate the ancillary characters, like the boss mm-hmm. uh, at work. Great. The 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 little throwaway. Uh, uh, luggage clerk the luggage, at the airport. Yeah, at the airport. Who's, a, who's like that famous guy who's in that movie? You know yeah, that yeah, thing. You know the guy. The guy, the in, the guy thing, in the yeah. thing. Who's like uh, nine times out of ten, it's a it, you know it, it's a razor. But uh, the last time, and then he looks around, it, it's a dildo. And we're not supposed to say we're supposed to say a dildo, not your dildo. <laughs> <laughs> They're like. He, like he just nailed that, like yeah. and like I I really loved the uh, the extras, like yeah. Um, there was the cops when who, we the yeah. detectives who put him in the room, yeah. And then uh, they were supposed to like you know whatever, and then they were like yeah no no we got your back it's kind so of, you're good we, we got you covered those guys are those guys in the thing when you and I last season nominated Goodwill Hunting because we wanted to get Robin Williams in we thought that was a pretty good bet yeah I thought so uh, it was that or Dead Poets Society so we went Goodwill Hunting and we, we got cons- like four out of eleven Mrs. votes Doubtfire we but did decided comedy is too and, subjective and we we're like Aladdin but that's not really a Robin Williams. Williams yeah, I mean it is and it's not yeah, it's not but one of the things we got crap done by the council was that the secondary tertiary ancillary characters were not good were not good in Fight Club I, I think they were they, good. like they're, they're solid all yeah. the way around all the way across and even though Helen Bottom Carter's character is not really a secondary character she's one of the primary yeah, characters yeah, yeah yeah she could have been a throwaway and yet she made it not yeah so there you are Directing and editing. Hold on, real quick. Okay. A number. I would rate it in the high fours, like four, seven, four, eight on acting and casting. Yeah, yeah. The I, I'd be right with you there. Okay. On the on the high end, it could be like I'd have no reason to say not. I would have no reason not to say it's a five. Okay. Uh, like because I, you know, it's solid. Uh, directing and editing. What do you think? 
Uh, I I would rate it very very high, like four nine four nine five something like that. I think that the choices the director made were very good. I loved the way that he uh, that he decided to tell the story, even though there were variances from the book. Um, they weren't as far as I recall, they weren't dramatic um, variances. But I did I did enjoy the way he put it together. Edited. I mean, I can't blame the special effects and stuff on these two these two parts. Yeah. There's a whole category. It's for 1999. That. Yeah, uh, I thought it was done well. Like, yeah. for example, they even made fun of the little blip, the cigarette burn. Yeah. When they're gonna change frames, and by the way, that then kept recurring during the movie. Like you were supposed to notice it. In terms of editing, like they edited in the shots that, like in the end, when you know that Tyler Durden and Jack, we'll call him Jack. Jack. Are two are, are the same person that when they were fighting each other next to the van that had the bomb and they were flipping back between the fight and the the security cam footage. Yeah, that was excellent. It's fabulous. It was fabulous. So I, I'm very high on that one too. What I will say on directing, which yep. if I was to knock it down a, a little, little bit. bit, is that okay? So if we talk three acts for the film, you've got. First act, setting up the ennui of Jack's life. Sure. Second act, Fight Club. Third act, Project Mayhem. Yep. It's not that clean, but let's... Let, let's let, call it Let's that. call it that. That if you took each of the acts and then divided each of the acts into three parts, that around 2.5 mark of act two and act three... Yep. That it kind of like between the middle to to end of uh, of both of those acts, and even in Act One, there was just a little bit kind of like, all right, I get it, let's move on. Right. It felt like they almost felt like they they just for a second paused without going forward in the story. They just kind of hovered and then moved forward. So I don't know if you it felt wasn't that. A lot. Like, it wasn't a lot, but there was a it's, couple of moments where I was like, why I would say that. Yeah. That, it, yeah. uh, that, that 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 would not be a five. Like I was watching, I was watching it through today, and I was like, "Why is that scene in there?" It was towards the end of, it was right before Project Mayhem, in Fight Club, but it was right. kind of like, "All right, this is kind of dragging out." Right. Um, all right. Screenplay and story. Go ahead. Screenplay. Uh, I liked it. A lot. I thought it was very inventive. I thought it was interesting. I love the fact that it has this twist that is telegraphed and not telegraphed at the same point where it's uh, it, it, it draws the audience in. I had fresh eyes because I was watching it with my son today. And even though like it is not new to me, it was new to him. And he right. was blown away. And that reminded me of when I first watched it. And I was blown away. Um, so I really liked that. I liked the story. The one criticism that I have of the story and the screenplay mm-hmm. uh, is just this, I can't hold my willful suspension of disbelief at the very end when Jack shoots himself in the face and then has another five-minute conversation Well, after his mouth has been... He shot I, himself through the cheek. I know. So I know. I know. I went, wait, what? He's got, tra- he's got tr- bullet trauma in his face. His muscles in his side of his face would be destroyed. I just there watched... There is a facial artery. I just there is musculature. Mus- episode of Botched. Yeah. You know, the plastic surgery TV show where a young lady had the side of her face torn up not from a gunshot but in exactly the same way and she could not speak for six months there's no way 
But there was there was there was some other uh, uh, continuity issues in the movie, but yeah. but for sake of the storytelling, fine. He intentionally didn't actually kill himself; he just killed Tyler. And then, like, so like that that scene, I get where they're going, but it was like, all right, causing yourself physical damage doesn't kill the uh, psychic partner that you have, right? Uh, I guess maybe metaphorically it does, but even so, it would be really hard to talk after you shot through yes. your face. Yes. Um, that said, the scene is brilliant, is beautiful to look at, and the Pixies song at the end almost gives me chills every single time that I see it. Yep. So, yeah. Um, you, screenplay and story? Uh, you know, I... I thought that the, there, there were a handful of differences between the book and the movie. None of them were significant enough to me to for me to feel like that... that they all seem to be just a, a, a way to allow the director to tell the story in film as opposed to a book. And by the way, Patricia Perillo, and we didn't mention this before in the AV comments, but she does mention in the face, Facebook page when we're talking about this, she talks about Chuck Palinwick... Uh, the author mm-hmm. says David Fincher did a better ending than I did. Yes, yeah. So that's the point, as I was going to make, is that yeah. that's where I was headed. There's ten different. There, well, there's more than ten, but there's like yeah. when you read people's reviews, Durden they'll say and Jack a, meet on a, they meet a different way at a, at a nude beach rather than on the plane. He doesn't even try to call Marla before he calls yeah. Tyler. Yeah, he just yeah. calls Tyler. His his apartment doesn't blow up when he gets home from the plane. It's like several times. But but in any case, the point is it helps move the story forward the way they change those things. But none of those are that different. In fact, it felt more to me like they were literally just filming the book. And um, uh, there are, there are some books that I read as a child. This isn't one of them. Books I read as a child that when they were made in the movies, they completely changed them from the book. And yeah. there are some where they actually went out of their way to make them the same as the book to their own detriment. Yeah. And I felt like he made these changes in a good way. This goes back to positives on, on the director's choices, but also here we're talking about screenplay and story. And the 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 treatment, I think, was appropriate. So, uh, high ratings. On Cinematography and locations. So I felt like there were a lot. Like, if you set aside how much you love the movie, if you set aside how much, how positive you feel about the movie and it's message, story, how it makes you feel. If you look at the actual movie, you find a lot of little things that are different. Like, his hand is damaged, but then the very next scene it changes camera angles and his other hand is off. Or the cup is empty or it's full. It's like little stuff that, you know, they shredded TV shows like yeah. Game of Thrones over this. And for this movie, whatever, they, they let it go. They shot this at like 500 different locations mm. like it was like crazy amount of different locations and if you as you watch the film you're like it like if you watch it with the eyes of like how many different locations are in this film right you start noticing like this is shot all over the place they're they're in a plane they're in the airport they're in a hotel in, in, in an apartment they're in the house they're at the the bar did they're at notice, this they're did at you this. notice that the crappy house they live in grows and shrinks as needed yeah that it's almost like a, a it's almost like a harry potter house it's like yeah. well we need an extra wing with a we, living room we need a big backyard we need we a big need backyard a big, yeah. big uh, we need we need the backyard to not be a fence that's up against the factory but instead gigantic with a garden in it and, uh, you know, the basement of this house was water-filled, and you barely could keep the power on. And yet they had enough power for, like, 40 guys to be cooking and making soap. And sleeping. And sleeping. Yeah. 
I don't think that they did a very good job of those things. But if you suspend your disbelief for the storyline, it's fine. Yeah. But I, I would... If you don't stop to one second think, where do those 40 guys sleep yeah. all at one time? Yeah. And where are they working again? In the psycho house. All of a sudden, they ran down in the basement and there were guys in the basement working. The basement had three feet of water. Yeah. And, you know, the electrical, he, he changed one of the circuits or something standing in three feet of water. And he always said, like, you turn one light on, one light goes off. Yeah. One light was, one, it was a light bulb that was actually full of water or something like that. Anyway, I, I'm not really being critical of the movie. I just think that they could have maybe done a better job. They, they had continuity issues. Yeah, they had some continuity. And I, and I would mark that off for cinematography and score more so than, I'm sorry, not cinematography, locations. Cinematography and locations more so than uh, I don't know, some of the other pieces. I, think I guess that they, they maybe, did a yeah. lot of cin- they they did a lot of cool things with cinematography. I think Most of the, the major things were, were were CGI. But for me, there were a couple of moments, like we had mentioned before. For me, as I'm watching, that some of the fight scenes in the basements are really dark. Yeah. Like and it's hard to see what's going on. Some I have of this, to say I enjoyed every fight scene in this movie. <laughs> some of the CGI stuff that shows up, like why are we going up through the trash can? Yeah, like it's an underwater Jacques Cousteau. Why life are we traveling Steve through a bullet hole into a cab of a van, through a piece of equipment, past mm-hmm. somebody's foot, out the door? I mean, it was actually yeah. the reality is they did it because it was a part of the story and it were they were slightly revealing the twist without revealing the twist. Yeah. I get that, but even so, score. Uh, the Dust Brothers. Yeah, I, I think they did a great job of of arrangement, ambient noise. Ambient they noise did a or, solid or, job or songs that you might recognize. Yeah. but yeah, I thought that the. Uh, so as I was watching it this time, I did Sorry. really like the um, the when Tyler Durden and Jack were fighting in the basement by the van mm. towards the end, and I was just listening for the music. It wasn't really music; it was just kind of like this like orchestral score where they're just like rubbing on the violin and like people are screaming. Like, and it was just building tension. Sure. But other than that, I was like, okay, what did I listen to for the entire movie? And I couldn't remember Don't anything. remember. If the score's not memorable, then there's something happening there. I mean... Yeah. Like, I mean, think like, back to some of your favorite major movies, the score is a part of the story. It's almost this, an extra casted character. This is where I find the connections between the Breakfast Club and Fight Club to be highly relevant because people are like, oh... Breakfast Club, you know, where they're like, that's the movie where don't you forget about me. That was the end song. Right. But I listened to the Breakfast Club album 5,000 times on my Walkman. So I know them all. You know them all. But turns out the album wasn't the song from the movies. So there were the, two songs from the album in the movie, but yeah, yeah. I don't the know. average view, the average viewer of the movie that don't you forget about me That's is all is all they remember, and all that they remember from Fight Club is the Pixies song at the very, at the end, very end when the bombs when the buildings start falling. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is my mind? Right. Yeah. So uh, I would give it a lower score. So. I find this the scores between Breakfast Club and Fight Club to be 
pretty like for pretty me similar. pretty similar in terms of like acting casting mostly good, forgettable good, screenplay good music yeah. special effects and notables well we've talked about special effects quite a bit already I think that uh, there were special effects where there didn't need to be special effects there were special effects that needed to be special effects that were kind of meh even for the even for the year it came out um, I don't know I they were okay they were adequate. Most of them for didn't me. pull pull me out of the movie. No, but they did. They weren't like Jurassic Park. That was like wow. This right, was, they're breaking ground here. Right. Like wait, were which happened real dinosaurs? Yeah, that's uh, my point. Is they could have done yeah amazing special effects. It's just like they just didn't bother to hire the company to do it. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get which, the right price. By the way, David Fincher started at Industrial Light and Magic, and yeah, started on that's films funny. like Le- uh, Indiana. Uh, Temple of Doom, as well as uh, Return of the Jedi, but, I mean, Star the, Wars. The guy so, did Alien Three. Have you seen the special effects yeah. in Alien Three? So there's only one scene in Alien Three, by the way, that sucks, and the rest of it is just amazing. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Alien Three in a I'm long time. I'm talking about the special time. effects, not the movie itself. Oh, yeah. Um. Th- so how about this? Because we haven't mentioned it, X Factor. So, okay, so for me, it has a high X factor, but I wouldn't say the X factor is like five out of five. Okay. It has a high X factor because, because there's elements, uh, more than that, four and a half, 4.6. Okay. Uh, it has, it, it, there's something about the movie that just draws me in. Yeah. Maybe it's the macho male bonding, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know, but I don't know what it is, but it draws me in every You're time. way more macho than I am. I before know that. I wa- rewatch Mr. this Miggity movie, <laughs> before, I, <laughs> before I rewatch this movie, I actually said to you that I might be one of the people that's on the no side on this mm-hmm. one. But after watching it several more times and being honest with myself about where I feel about where it's running the numbers, yeah, I may, or, I, you know, I, I, I may have, have made a decision a little too early on that one. Maybe, you know? yeah. So, the X uh, Factor is high. By the way, just like the uh, and, and and I'd say uh, X Factor for me is very high as well because yeah, your like, experience with Brian with your son yeah may and, actually yeah. run that up. Well, it, it it didn't change it, but it amplified it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where I'm like, oh yeah, this movie has some something s- something to it, and his like when Brian was watching the movie, my boy. Maybe I shouldn't be naming him. But He's an adult. Uh, he is an adult now. Uh, is that he had all the right thoughts while watching it mm-hmm. because it wasn't like it wasn't like yeah we should start a fight club he was watching that and he was like that's a freaking cult yeah they're starting a cult yeah like that was his reaction it wasn't like that's cool we that they do that we should punch people he was like oh my goodness these people they have gone too far too far this was cool and now it's weird and now it's weird yeah <laughs> which I, I think is a great uh, a great takeaway from the movie is the all right we have disconnection between people mm-hmm. we don't know what it's like to be a male in society in the world that we live in trying to have real connections mm-hmm. and then uh, like people offer us opportunities to like connect and stuff like that but then when you go down this route of nihilism or machoism or fighting that it's ultimately just empty because it's not about real connections. It's only about putting power over somebody else. Right. And you're just replacing the capitalist, mindless society on the one end with another 
capitalist mindless society on another right. where okay you're making you're making a product selling it for maximum profit so that you can then do a thing do a thing while depersonalizing people in the process and you know the, the, their intention and we haven't talked about this yet in in the in the building blow in the blowing up of buildings project mayhem was to undermine and destroy this credit economy yeah. this it wouldn't have done the thing no, that they said in, it would have done. No, because in 99, the internet existed. Yeah. And that information wasn't at those buildings. No, it was actually in many, many, many it places simultaneously. It was in a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Fincher has done lots of cool stuff. Alien 3, 7, The Game, Fight Club, Panic Room, Zodiac, which I just watched recently was really cool. Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Social Network, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, Mank. I haven't seen Mank. I haven't too. seen that. Several of these are Brad Pitt movies, by the way. Yeah. yeah so, like, uh, but, and I'll have to say, Seven is on my top ten list. I like Seven a lot. Um, I love that film. I like the game. People don't talk about that very much. It is a fun, fun my, movie. Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun. Uh, this movie won a couple awards. Uh, it had an Oscar nomination for Best Effects and Sound Effects. Which I can't figure the Best Effects nomination. Thank you very much, but yeah. whatever. ACA, the ACCA winner for Best Adapted Screenplay. I see that one completely. Good. Empire Good. Awards, UK 2000 winner of Best British Actress for Helena Bottom Carter. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and this is before she was Bellatrix. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and before and Planet of the Potter Apes or any of the rest yeah. of it. Jupiter Award winner Best International Actor for Edward Norton. Mm. Um, so this is from Wikipedia. Pal- uh, uh gives a simple assertion about a simpler assertion about the theme of the novel, stating all my books are about a lonely person looking for some way to connect with other people. Yeah, this was not this like this was a way, not necessarily a positive way, but it was a way. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also says, if you look bad enough, no one will ask you what you do with your free time. That goes, that goes back to his story about getting his, yeah. ass, his rear end kicked uh, while he was camping. We got some trivia about the movie. There, uh, there's an additional copyright warning on the DVD, which had a great sale uh, sale originally from Tyler Durden. It says, if you're reading this, then this warning's for you. Every word you read, is this is useless fine print. Uh, and another second of your life, don't you have other things to do? It's your life so em- is your life so empty that you honestly can't think of a better way to spend these moments? Are you so impressed with authority that you give respect and credence to all who claim it? Do you read everything you're supposed to read? Do you think everything you're supposed to think by what you're th- told to want? Do you get out of your apartment, meet a member of the opposite sex, stop the excessive shopping and masturbation, quit your job, start a fight, prove you're alive, don't, if you don't claim your humanity, then you'll become a statistic. You have been warned. Tyler! <laughs> That's, it, was a, it was a cool little thing. I remember that on the DVD case. Yeah. You're like, what is that? Go back. Yeah. Boop, boop. That's, a, that's a wiener. Brad Pitt says he didn't want his parents to see this movie, but he could not convince them not to watch it. They changed their minds after watching the chemical burn scene. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Helena Bonham Carter spent three days recording orgasmic sounds for their unseen sex scenes. And by the way, uh, while the movie was fun to watch with my son, there was a, cu- a couple of uncomfortable moments because they did have some loud sex scenes. <laughs> So during the shooting of this film, uh, Helena Bottom Carter insisted her makeup artist, who's Julie Pierce, ap- apply all of her eye makeup with her left hand because Bottom Carter felt that Mar- uh, 
Marla was not a person who would be very skilled at or concerned about correctly applying her makeup. So hire a very good makeup artist and then handicap her. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Edward Norton took basic lessons in boxing, taekwondo, and grappling and also studied hours of UFC programming. Uh, prior to principal photography, Pitt also visited a dentist to have a little bit of his teeth chipped off so he didn't have perfect teeth, but which he then fixed he later had a cap. on. Yeah. He had the cap removed, yeah. yeah. Uh, to ensure that uh, Bob, that's Meatloaf's breasts and love handles, hung correctly, his fat suit was filled with bird seed. Bird seed. So it would spill over his pants and give the impression of sagging flesh. Altogether, the suit plus the seed weighed over 100 pounds and apparently now, he had he's not a small guy to begin no, with but apparently he had lost a bunch of weight Prior. before the filming of this and then he had to play it like a really big guy a big fat guy uh producer ross grayson bell initially wanted russell crowe to play tyler durden but he was overruled by fellow producer art linson who felt brad pitt was the better choice well listen without a shirt on and at that particular moment in time He's a thousand percent correct, let's yeah. be honest. David Fincher claimed in an interview with UK film magazine Empire that there's a, a Starbucks coffee cup visible in every shot in the scene. Take that, Game of Thrones! <laughs> yeah, you just had it in one. In the worst scene ever at the end. No. David Fincher claimed in an interview in UK Film Magazine Empire that there is... Oh, yeah, you just said that. During a shooting of the sex scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading down the list. Nope, nope, nope. Maybe. During a shooting of the sex scene, actors film uh, actress Brad Pitt and Helena Helen Bonham Carter posed in ten different positions from oh, the Kama Sutra. That's so cool. Wonderful. Rosie O'Donnell did not like this film upon viewing it. She saw it before its theatrical release. As a result of her dislike... She divulged the plot twist to millions of her viewers on live television and told them not to see the film. Brad Which is Pitt, a D-bag move, by Brad the way. Pitt called what she did unforgivable. Somebody asked me three years ago if I knew why Brad Pitt and uh, Rosie O'Donnell did not get along. And I said, I'm pretty sure it's something from Fight Club, but I don't remember what. And until I read this piece of trivia, it didn't, it didn't click with my head. Yeah. That is a jerk move. Way like you have to think of yourself very highly to ruin a movie that hundreds of people have worked on and paid millions of dollars to put together to have a, have a twist that would pay off for people. And just because you didn't like it, you're going to ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. Like, uh, nothing else about Rosie O'Donnell, but that specific act seems like a jerk move. Mm. Huh. Uh, yeah. Body count, 14 in this film. 14 Ugh. people died. Flashes of Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden How count. many of them? Four. 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 That's the count. Four of them. Yeah. Uh, including, when you watch the, the commercial with the uh, uh, guys in white for the hotel. Mm -hmm. He's he, one of them. He's one of them. Uh, so... The uh, one of the things that Tyler Durden would do uh, during the movie that his character would do is insert uh, in. Can in, we just let family the listeners know movies. that as I wrote the script for this, that I simply wrote the word "penis" for number fourteen on our <laughs> list of trivia. <laughs> That's you all I wrote. Like, I've got big ratings for everything else. Number 14 just penis. says penis. So, <laughs> so anyway. like, you know, you, you are, you, you're doing a great job with it. <laughs> thanks. But I gave you thanks, nothing. Dad. Thanks, Dad. 
he would in family movies like cartoons and Disney movies, Tyler Durden would insert one frame of a big healthy cock. Healthy, healthy, big, healthy, and uh, just pl- and the parents would be like, "What did I just see?" And the kids would cry. Uh, and so they, they did that a couple of times in the movie as well, including by the way. right at the end, right before the, the end. credits. Now the rumor was that that was actually Mr. Pitt's member, but uh, he has confirmed more than once that that was not his member, uh, but um, that he wishes it was. Yeah, well, it's girthy. It's it's like, a big healthy penis. It's girthy. It really is girthy. If that um, is. So, uh, born in 1952, Fincher cut his teeth at the special effects house of Industrial what Light and Magic. What 1962. Year? Did yeah. I say 52? You did. 1962, because he's 50. He's four years older than years me. Eight years old, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, he worked on Return of the Jedi in Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, including mm. a number of other films. Uh, he did a TV advertisement with a with a fetus smoking a cigarette for an anti-cigarette campaign. Wonderful. Which was, which was pretty uh, uh, impressive. So Tyler um, Durden has rules. He has rules for Fight Club. We have not mentioned the, all the rules for Fight Club, but I, we would be, again, I'll use the word remiss, remiss. twice in this podcast. Uh, if we did not mention the rules, let's go back and forth on this. The rules of Fight Club are as follows. Number one, you do not talk about Fight Club. Number two, you do not talk about Fight Club. Number three, if someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Number four, only two guys to a fight. Number five, one fight at a time, fellas. Number six, no shirts, no shoes. Number seven, fights will go long. Will go on as long as they have to. Number eight, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you, you have, have to, to fight. fight. And by the way, uh, Jack will call him broke. Number rule number three. He number one and did. number two. Um, uh, uh, they were marginally broken, but only when pressed pressed by who they thought was Tyler Durden. I did enjoy the fact that in this movie that uh, you watched guys getting picked on in fights or shown in the movie, and then in the fight club they would show up in the next scene. Like the guy who walks past Jack and Tyler in the bus, in the next scene in Fight Club, he's, he's at the club. fighting Tyler Durden. He's fighting Jack. Yeah. Uh, the priest who gets splashed with the water and then he splashes the Bible and he starts a fight. In the next scene, he's in the next fight in the club. So I appreciate those little connections. All right, so let's talk about votes for the council. Uh, We know some of them. We know some of them because as of the recording that we're doing tonight, so uh, what's the date right now? The 27th? 27th, 28th, yeah. 29th. 29th, oh my goodness, time is passing. Oh, it's past midnight. It's the 29th. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we know some of their votes because they voted already on the Facebook page. Nathan Planiga obviously is a yes. So yeah, because and, he nominated this. And Brad Hawkins is a yes. And Kyle Brown is a yes. So All we've right. got three yes votes. The Marshall Wade and Matthew Wade. Both of them said have no. Have said no already. So Rachel Planiga, Ryan Smith, Jeffrey Clifford, and Cousin Wayne. Those are the remaining council members that we're not sure of their votes yet. How do you think it's going to go? In so general? Facebook poll is probably a yes. It looks like a yes. 72 are yes. 72 to 7. 7 is a no. Huge swing of no's Huge swing. So we've Only got, five people have said they haven't watched it. So currently we have four yeses, likely. 
Three yep. absolute, four likely. Yep. You need seven, which means uh, that we've got one, two, three, four, five. Five people left. Of those five, we need four more. Uh, right? With the Facebook poll, we only need three more. Or three more. So with the Facebook poll, so we need three, three of the five. I say Cousin Wayne's a yes, and I'm thinking Ryan Smith's a yes. Yep. So between Rachel Planiga, Jerry, Jeremy, Cl- Jeremy Clifford, and, and Keegan, Keegan Goodman, I just need one of them. And I'm thinking that this is probably a yes with at I'm least say a, yes, and maybe like, even eight or nine. It, yeah. Seven or eight would probably be my guess where, where the council and would I'm go. And I'm thinking eight or nine. So, and you're thinking eight or nine. Yep. Um, like Marshall Wade and Matthew Wade's nose may be the only I was a little proud nose. of the fact that I called one of 11 for Chef last time. You had uh, put you it at it. like three of 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were a little more optimistic. You nailed it. I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking that the guest voter may vote yes. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So... I think this is going to be yes, but I think that it might be close. You're, you're thinking it's a little less close than I think it's a I less am. close than that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what about us? What about you? You know, I have... Because you told me last week... I did. ...that you were going to vote no. I said I was... I think I've headed into this vote no. I have seen it at least three times. Some partial watches looking for bits and pieces since then. Uh, it is for free. You don't have to pay to watch this. Yeah. I don't recall the service I found it on, uh, but it is for free. In any case, um, but I'm going to vote yes. Okay. Yeah, I am. In fact, I'm doing it right now. And I also am going to vote yes. I'm going to say, like, this is, for me, on that 4.5 out of 5 range, that there's a couple of things that... Yeah. uh, But I feel like uh, the X factor of this movie pushes it over for me. Yes. But I could totally understand where somebody would be like, meh. And I could also understand why people just don't like it. I get that. Uh, I, get I think that most people are going to say yes. Let's be honest. I think that I think that the majority of people say yes. All right. So as we bring this to a close, I just voted. Any final thoughts that you have on this movie uh, before we end out? Gosh, like, I mean, there's so many things we haven't talked about in there this are. movie. There's just so much, but. You know, I mean, have, there's lots of little things, uh, and like the, the like the, the fact that blowing they go, teeth out of their mouth, yeah, or the, they, they go, the, they actually sneak onto a a a a, a, a medical waste the, uh, facility the, the to fat, steal fat the dripping fat. down. Yes, uh, that one of the, the bags breaks, and it's yeah, all, it's those gross. kind of scenes are fantastic. But uh, the yellow glove that shows up in the sex scene with Brad Pitt, yes. where he's like, "You want to finish her off?" Right. The uh, the kiss of the lie the lie burn the chemical burn on the hand yeah, which is so hand. intense yep like the, there's but, just lots of lots of things or like Brad Pitt moving past Jack in the plane and says oh, I have to decide now do I show you my crotch or show you my ass yes. which by the way I have used that line yeah a million times in movie theaters and nobody gets no you get it every time yeah. I do it but crotch or the, the butt crotch or the butt crotch or yeah. the butt yep. Anyway. So there's lots we could talk about, but we're and, an hour and a half and into this discussion. And there's, discussion. there's things in this movie that have become just like every, almost like every day, like little euphemisms we don't talk about. The first we rule all that kind of, of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think we have covered it yeah. pretty well. Uh, so let's bring this to a close. There's lots of You didn't of other... say your vote. You're voting yes or no. I, I voted yes. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm voting on the yes side. Um, 
the uh, I'm at that 4.5 plus X factor, gotcha. which brings me over the top. So let's bring this to a close. As always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Video Land find you, Mr. Miggity Mac? On Adventures in Video Land on Facebook. And uh, me as well, that you can find me on the Facebook page. Uh, you can find Adventures in Video Land on Instagram at adventuresinvideoland.com, our website. But always the conversation begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders, <clears throat> you've met me at a very strange time in my life. Do you like that? That's not working for no, me. It's not working for me. Like, yeah. yeah. I haven't been effed like that since crazy. No, <laughs> I, I don't think I, that's... That was like, not like, do crotch it. of the face. Crotch, yeah, crotch of the butt. Crotch, crotch of the butt. butt. No, the, I don't think... You know, you know what? Let's wait. Let's try this. We, we love, love you. you.